Renee, do you have yours there? Yep. I'd like you to read 13 and 14. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. Okay, now when Jacob comes, you know, we talked about how he slept on the rock and how God showed him and renewed the promise about how the Lord was going to bless him and he had the ladder to heaven, which the ladder happened to be Jesus. But as it gets to the part of meeting Laban, remember when Abraham sent his servant and for Rebekah, for Isaac, and when his servant arrived, he Laban was really impressed with all the riches that his servant brought. So naturally, Laban, Laban in his own heart, I truly believe, when he heard that Jacob was there, Rebecca's son, he was probably thinking back to the time when that servant arrived with all those good stuff that he brought. Mm -hmm. And so he is so excited. And uh, yeah, you come and uh, you just come and you're bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You come and live with us for a little while. And which Jacob did. Then in verse 15, it says, Then Jacob said, I mean, then Laban said, Jacob, because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what should be your wages. Now watch this. Remember what you sow, you will reap. We're going to see some of this happen here. Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate, which I don't know what that means. I don't think they were delicate in the way that you look at somebody as yeah, really prettier. I think she probably was cross-eyed. They were not very attractive. Not very attractive. They lacked lust. Now there's something about her that just, I mean, did not enthuse Jacob. Very John well. said she's cross-eyed. That's right. <laughs> Something was wrong with her eyes because because of that Jacob had no interest in Leah at all. He just he, he didn't have any interest in her. But Rachel, now her sister, was beautiful form in appearance. In other words, all the way from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, she was a beautiful woman. Okay, so naturally his heart goes out to Rachel. Now, Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. Now, listen to Laban. This, you got to catch this. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So, he's in agreement. He is going to give Rachel to Jacob. That, but he doesn't say when. He just says, I will do this. Now Jacob doesn't know Laban very well. He's going to get to he's going to be with Laban for 20 years. He doesn't realize that this is just the beginning of 20 years of his period of his life that he's going to be dealing with this man. Sometimes I wonder when we go to work and we think we're just there starting the job and then after a while we find out we're in for this for a haul. You can feel those years as they go by. Okay, then it says in verse 20, So Jacob served 
seven years. Now that was the greatest. He would serve seven years. That was on his part, seven years, for Rachel. And they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. That's all he thought about. She's going to be my wife. He loved her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. And Laban gave his maid Ziplah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came to pass in the morning, and behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this that you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? And Laban said, It must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. All right, think of this. Laban didn't really say which wife he would give to Jacob. When he said he'd give him his wife. He didn't really stipulate which one it was going to be. He, he didn't say the name. He just said it would, he would do it because Jacob had worked the seven years. And then when Jacob gets married, well, however they did their wedding, I imagine because they didn't have electricity, he couldn't see her very well. I'm sure of that. Well, if they had a feast, he was probably drunk. That's a possibility because some way in his, his night with Leah, he did not know that was not Rachel. And think about this too. Remember when Jacob deceived his father Isaac? He pretended to be Esau. Look at what Leah's doing. Is she pretending to be she very well knows that he's thinking this is Rachel. I don't know whether she put on the clothes of Rachel to smell like Rachel. I don't know, or she took up her mannerisms, but she played the act of being Rachel. She to deceive Jacob. Can you see how this stuff begins to come around? Mm -hmm. Jacob played the act of being Esau and uh, deceived his father. Now Leah, but on the other hand too, there's many things you got to think about. Maybe Leah was instructed by her father that she had to do this. Maybe she didn't have a choice. Sometimes I think in the Middle East, women do not have the choice of what they would like to do. They just are told what they would do and they have to do it. That could be the case here, but I still think if she had revealed herself to Jacob and said, I'm not Rachel, he might have got mad enough that he would have probably packed up and left. And so she probably was instructed that she could not reveal herself. I mean, there's a lot that Leah had to go through in doing this. And also, because Leah knew, was she loved by Jacob? Not at all. She knew that he had no interest in her at all. And so here's a woman being married to a man that has no interest in you. I mean, oh, that's something we can praise God for. We don't live in the Middle East. Yeah. You have to face some of this stuff, you know, because it goes on today. Some of this happens today. Um, we had a, a woman, 
a girl come to visit us from Kuwait one time. She was a college student, and she she had no choices of her own. Even the guys that there was three guys that came with her. They stayed stayed in our home for a weekend, and and um, they came to see the Black Hills from Denver. And they have no choices either. Sometimes their government dictates to them. But here, this poor girl, Leah, she she ends up with Jacob. And um, so Laban was involved in deceiving Jacob. Jacob was involved in deceiving Isaac. And you just have to watch because what you do so somehow comes right, drops right into your lap. So back to verse 25. He said uh, at the end of the day, he says, Was it not Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? And Laban said, it must not be done in, so in our country to give younger before the firstborn. Here, isn't this something? Jacob went after the firstborn rights to go from Esau. Mm -hmm. and, who, and now he's deceived with the firstborn rights of the daughter. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of it. I mean, there's so much of it is it's just dumped on him. I mean, he sold it. And, he, and God did tell Jacob that he, he was going to make him into a great nation. And he, he had called Jacob. And God does that with us. Sometimes we do things and we are going to reap what we sow. But God's mercy still says, I'll forgive you. And you're still going to be used in my plan. And uh, I know that sometimes what we see is really bad. God can turn around and use that for his good. Satan hates that when that happens. So, in 27, fulfill her, fulfill her week, and we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. He said, when they got married, the groom had to give his total attention to her. They were set apart. They had a great feast. And then for one solid week, he was supposed to give total attention to his wife. And so Laban says, you have to follow the rules of the custom, you have to give Leah one full week of being married to her. And then after that week was over, you can have Rachel. And then you have to fulfill her week, her seven days. And then you got to work for me seven more years. Can you imagine the, how he ended up in such a situation? I mean, he's thinking, I just worked for you seven years. Now, i got to work for you seven more years. Do you think those next seven years went by as fast as the first ones? Mm -hmm. He has got a father-in-law that has decided to match character in deception with him. And uh, his father-in-law is going to be very deceptive. Then, in verse 28, Then Jacob did so fulfill her week, so he gave him his daughter Rachel as wife also. And Laban gave his maid Bill to his daughter Rachel as a maid. Then Jacob also went in to Rachel and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban still another seven years. So now he has two wives? Mm -hmm. He has two wives. And uh, if you think that he came from a dysfunctional home with 
how we studied, you know, with Isaac and Rebecca and Esau and how they all connived against each other and all that stuff. Well, he's just stepped into a uh, quite an ordeal himself here. He's going to create a home that's going to be divisive in, it, in a lot of matters. You think about it, if you really love one wife and just tolerate the other one, especially for eyes were crossed, that's it. <laughs> just, just think of his life right at that moment. Okay, any questions or any thoughts right now? Well, these were his first cousins that he married, right? It would be because Laban was Rebecca's brother. Yeah. yeah. So they would be married as cousins. They were from Kentucky. That's probably why they had cross lines. Kiss your cousins. But also, think about this. You know, in Iraq, we sent our servicemen over there, and that's where Satan had the Tower of Babel, and that is, to me, one of the satanic areas that I can think of, is in Babylon, in Iraq. Um, and think of what came from there, though. Abraham came from there, right? Rebecca came from there. Jacob's back up there. Rachel comes from there. Leah comes from there. Also, the two maids come from there. All this comes from this territory where we sent our servicemen, which are now being pulled out of there. But um, it's amazing that that area is where most of this all comes from. I always think about that, I think. So are they, this might sound way out there, but if that spirit is there, is it connecting it doesn't itself connect. to those young men and coming back home. I think I think when our servicemen are over there we experience a lot of things that family wise with them and and uh, if you begin to think about it, a lot of the orders, you know, they all have chaplains over there. But you think about too in these last few years while they've been over there, a lot of these laws have gone out to the chaplains where they cannot use the word Jesus mm -hmm. huh. and uh, how they pray and how they use God's name is they're restricting them. And it really wasn't until this time in, in the service where these laws begin to be put into uh, effect. And I really feel it has affected our country. And that's why we make sure to pray for our servicemen because we need to pray for their families. How many, you know, have come back and got divorces? You know, and how many have come back and committed suicide? You know, from both those countries, Afghanistan and Iraq. So if we don't pray for our service people that are serving our country, something's wrong with us as a church. I'm concerned for it. I, I just feel bad that a lot of people didn't know that Cody was even home. Yeah. Cody was in such darkness. And it's really sad that that happened to him. And a lot of it had to do with the medicine that he was put on. Medicine and alcohol do not mix. You kind of lose your mind. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts or questions before we go on? Do we have time? Okay, somebody, what other questions? Pull back. 
Okay, we've got three minutes. <laughs> All right. Now, in verse 31, it says, When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, I mean, God can see this. I, and you'll, as we go through these children, you can see that in her heart, being unloved, she, she must have went before God. Because that would be such a miserable life, to be so unloved by your husband. And he's your husband. You don't have no choice in it. You, you just got to go with it. Anyway, because of that, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. She, she named him in the hopes that something would happen with Jacob to be so pleased that she gave him a son, a firstborn son, that he would turn and begin to love her because of that. But not so. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord heard that I am in love, which means what is she doing? She's pouring out her heart to God. She's in misery because of this. He has therefore given me this son also, and she called his name Simeon. So the first two born are Reuben and Simeon. She conceived again. What's that? Okay. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. Which was she was hoping this would attach him to her. And now she conceived again, bore a son, and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah. Then she stopped marrying. So here comes, she has four sons. Simeon, I mean, uh, Reuben is first, Simeon, and then Levi, and then Judah, which maybe meant that Jacob was paying her a little more attention because Rachel wasn't giving her him any sons. But here, Leah was, so she praises the name and gives that goes with Judah. And um, one of the sad things about this, uh, as we go through his family and what happens with the family, remember if you have somebody unloved, how is you think the children are going to pick up on that? Yes. I believe that. And uh, where you have one that's more favored than the other, I, I truly believe that children pick up where how the father responds to the mother. The best thing you can ever do is for a husband to love his wife and show that to his children. But, whether she's cross-eyed or not. That's right. But as you look at it, I'm going for it. I'm going to drink that fruit of wine. One of the things, as we look at this, Reuben, as we go into studying this, now that we're going through Genesis, we'll find that Reuben is sure, I mean, Jacob gets totally disgusted with Reuben and kind of cuts him off because he. He had sexual affairs that he shouldn't have in relationship with one of Jacob's concubines. Simeon, he gets upset with Simeon and Levi, 
because Simeon and Levi dishonored him when they went in and he had made agreement with Shechem, the men of Shechem, that if they got circumcised, then they could have this marriage between Jacob's daughter and the mother again. And Shechem's men went ahead and got circumcised, and then while they were really weak from the circumcision, Levi and Simeon go in and kill them. And that made Jacob hot against those two sons. And now we got Judah, and Judah has a praise to it. Because this is the tribe that God is going to choose to bring forth Messiah. But Judah, too, I can't remember what he did. They kind of all, because of this dysfunction, Jacob has a hard time with his sons. It's not just a beautiful thing until you come to Joseph. And then he shows favoritism. But uh, we're going to start there again in chapter 30. It does bring problems into a family. <laughs>